Hello and welcome to episode 76 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, I have an interview with Sean Isaacs. Sean is the artist of On Avengers, Fantastic Four, Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts, and Strays, just to name a few. This is Matt and Sean. Thanks so much for, for joining us and being on the podcast. Could you uh, please start us off with a little uh, short bio about yourself? Uh, thanks for having me, man. It's always good to to jump on these things and have a little bit of a discussion about comics. Um, well, I mean, you covered most of it. Uh, I'm Sean Isaacs. I'm actually from South Africa and currently I'm busy drawing the Fantastic Four, but I have done, like you said, uh, Deadpool and Avengers, Avengers No Road Home. I did a couple of issues, of Captain, an issue of Captain America, or a couple of issues of Captain America. Um, yeah, and Thunderbolts and Champions. Um, a lot of people know me from Champions. Um, and I have a creator-owned book called Stray, which a lot of people probably don't know about, but hopefully they'll check it out if they like my work, um, from Action Lab. And I think that, that about covers it. Very cool. So um, let's sort of go maybe back to your, to your origin. What, were, what, what got you into to comics and, and, and the artwork in comics? Um, I think my parents... I can blame my parents for that. Um, my father was a big Green Lantern fan um, when he was a bit like, and so he had like those lying around. My mom used to like uh, books like Robot, uh, was it uh, Magnus Robot Fighter and uh, Enemy Ace, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like it's just going into like the, because comics, there weren't any comic stores around here um, when I was younger. So like there were these little corner, corner cafes that used to have like, random comic books and i think when i was a kid i was always just like it was always just the bright colors you know they kind of drew my eye and i was like oh okay like the reds the blues and i think that's sort of what caught my eye and i just started kind of gravitating towards that i mean i've got pieces of artwork that look really bad but they they're from when i was three years old and five years old of like superman batman spider-man but they look they look like something out of a nightmare but you can tell who they're supposed to be Hmm. (laughs) so yeah, I started like with comics very, very early on and then, you know, through school I was just trying to copy, like I'd pick up an issue of Spider-Man drawn by um, uh, John Muter Sr. And then I'd just try and copy those those panels, but obviously like bigger and with, with varying degrees of success. Um, and that sort of, you know, kind of just grew and blossomed and I started collecting comics. I used to do this thing where every weekend I would pretty much just walk around like for like hours going to different corner cafes, just trying to pick up random comic books that I could get. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the time we couldn't get, you couldn't get any comics like one after the other. Like you kind of had to fill in the beginning and the end of the story. Cause you just get, you would get random issues, you know? Um, and that sort of that kind of just filled my imagination. And I fell in love with comic books that way. So uh, was it? So I'm gathering from that uh, that sort of intro you gave about yourself. Are are you are you self-taught, or do you have any formal like uh, schooling uh, for for art? No, I mean I I, I did art in high school, okay. um, and every now and then, like <laughs> so that's a funny story. Shame my parents were very su- supportive of of me like spending all my time drawing and doing art and stuff. So I had I had art in in high school and then every now and again my father or my mom would find a like a, a weekend art school you know mm-hmm. where they would teach people specific drawing techniques and stuff and i never stayed at any of them very long um 
I'd go to one every Sunday and then it would be like, draw this pot or draw this cup or like, you know, you do a lot of still life drawings and then, and then I get bored and then I'd stop going or there was one very funny. Um, my, my father used to install like uh, TV aerials and fix people's TVs and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> So I'd, I'd go with him because I'd be the guy that would climb into the ceiling and run all the cables along the house, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to this one house and next to the house was this like really prestigious art school. I, I mean, this was like a long time ago, so I can't remember the name of the place. And um, uh, like, you know, everybody was raving about it. My dad was like, okay, cool. I'll pay for a month to go there. It was quite pricey. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go there. And you know, like apparently you, you get to draw nudes and stuff. So I was just like, oh my goodness, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw like a hot naked girl. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> and I kind of just, I, I was sitting there like getting all excited because I was like, I was still very young, you know, like um, I think I was like maybe 12, 13. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And there was this guy like next to me and we were both sitting in front of our easels and he was like, uh, oh my goodness. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. I don't know, I'm going to blush. And blah, blah, blah. And we're standing there waiting. And then all of a sudden, this 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 man comes out. And he must have been like, man, like 112 years old. And he came out and he was just like the oldest person I've ever seen in my life. And he was totally naked. <laughs> and he was just posing. And I was just like, oh my eyes, my eyes. I was just like, there's, there's wrinkles everywhere. And that was the one class I went to. And I was like, no, I'm not going back. Mm-mm, I can't do that. Nope. nope. Um, so yeah, but I mean, most of the time, everything else was just like self-taught, just, um, picking up like old, like wizard magazines and finding like the tips and tricks that Bart Sears put in there and, Mm -hmm. you know, just looking at like anatomy books and copying comic book styles and all, all that stuff. So yeah. And just trying to better myself through the years. So, So was there ever sort of any time where anybody gave you like a push to take like take up like fine art or graphic design or was it always sort of you were able to pursue this this love of illustration and, and comic book illustration um no no so, okay. so what happened was um i've always wanted to do comic books but because i mean this was before the internet was around really um i think the and the only thing i could figure out was to try and go overseas to the comic conventions and show my artwork but i mean we didn't i wasn't part of a wealthy family by any stretch the imagination so like you know we just didn't have money for it so it was just always trying to come up with a plan on how am I going to get over there and stuff and originally I was supposed to I tried to get a job as a camp counselor for summer camp mm-hmm. and um, I I applied and on the Saturday they were going to tell us like listen um, you know whether you got the job or not there was going to be like an interview on the, on the Saturday and this was in no, this was in 1998. Yeah, because I finished high school in 97. So it was 1998. So I was getting ready for my interview and that. And then um, I was very excited because I was like, I was going to go to summer camp. And then during my, the off season, I'd hit the conventions and, you know, maybe I'd get lucky. And uh, on the Thursday before the, 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 the interview and stuff, my father came and he told us, listen, he's got lung cancer. Um, can I take over the family job? And just look after the family while he recovers and stuff. So that kind of never happened. Um, and then, like, I ended up working in retail for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, I was like, "Listen, I'm not using any of my skills because I'm standing behind a, like a cash register and I'm, you know, just selling stuff." And I was like, uh, "You know, I'm not 
doing anything that I, would, I like doing. I'm not drawing, I'm not creating, I'm not doing anything like that. So I, was, I just kind of quit and I ended up getting another part-time job as well in retail, but I managed to find an, a course doing graphic design in the evenings. And it wasn't like a long course. It was like 13 months, uh, like a 13-month curriculum and stuff. And so I ended up doing that. So I'd work during the day and then in the evenings I'd go to classes and learn graphic design and you know, fine-tune my illustration work and that. And um, so I got that and that kind of got me a job at um, like a, a, a publisher for like local newspapers. So it wasn't even anything big. And I was just, I, I would design adverts and lay out like newspapers and magazines and, you know, but I was, I was still being creative. It wasn't what I wanted to do, but it was being creative. And like that kind of helped just until I ended up kind of losing my job. Like I worked in, in graphic design for I think eight years in total for like two different companies. Okay. And that's sort of, and after that it's sort of, like I kind of lost my job. They, they, they let go like 20 something, 23 people from the company, like in like a day. And they were like, Oh, oh wow. Friday's your last day. Sorry, but uh, thanks for working. Yeah. We can only give you half a month's salary. Okay. Bye. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and I just kind of, I just kind of took that as like the universe was kind of telling me, listen, you're wasting your time. You're not doing something you're enjoying. Uh, you, you need to get off your butt and just do it. Um, and so I went and I, like, I, I kind of, that's when I lost my job. I couldn't get work anywhere else. And I just started drawing anything and everything. And I did, I did storyboards for adverts. And then I sent like samples to Marvel and I ended up, you know, making friends with like-minded creators. And that's where I made Stray. And I ended up getting the Pathfinder gig from uh, Dynamite. And it kind of spiraled from there. So it kind of, I wasn't pushed into, into graphic design or, fine art or anything I was just everything I kind of did I was just I always just saw it as like a, a ladder like another rung in a ladder to where I wanted to get to so I was just like how can I get one step closer if I do this job where will I go next you know and where will that take me and that's sort of how it kind of went down so was was Stray's the 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 first book you 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 did um my timeline, my timeline is quite terrible so I think it's, I was working on some other comics with like friends that I've, I've done pages of that no one's ever seen. Um, but I think Stray, I can't remember, I'm, my, my memory is terrible. I can't remember if Stray or Pathfinder were the first ones that was the first one that came out. I think I was working on Stray sort of when I was working on Pathfinder around about the same time. Um, but I think Stray was my, no, I think Stray was my first published, published work. And uh, how did you hook up with, with Vito on that book? Um, well, I mean, that's the thing. Hey? It's, it's just, the internet's a funny place, right? So there's like, the internet is full of dirtbags and dodgy <laughs> people and stuff. And it just so happened that like, I was on DeviantArt and Vito liked my work. And we ended up just like chatting, just like buddies, you know? Like a lot of people will come on and be like, will try and grift you and be like, oh, I wanna, I've got this cool idea for a comic and like, you know, I, I can't pay you, but, you know, maybe we should do this together. And like some rant, like I get a lot of that with like random people who I've never even talked to before. And this is the first, first like encounter I'm having with them and they're trying to get me to draw a book. And I'm like, I have no stakes in this whatsoever. Mm -hmm. If you know me, just like, we just kind of started talking as buddies and uh, like just about how much we love Nightwing. 
you know, we're like big Nightwing fans. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of where it kind of stemmed from. We were just, I was just like, oh, what if, we, like, what, I might, you know, I might never get to draw a Nightwing book. And he's like, yeah, I know. And like, he showed me some of his stuff. Like, this is like after months. So I was like, oh, cool. Let me check some of your stuff and whatever. And he said, like, maybe we should work on something together. And um, the irony is that, like, I've always wanted, because I'm a big, I love dogs. Mm-hmm. Anybody that knows me knows I love dogs. And I always wanted to do, like, a dog-themed, like, superhero. But I like, it's something that just never clicked. Like, I could never come up with something that sounded catchy and sounded cool. Um, but I've always wanted to do one. And then one of Vito's ideas was Stray. But it was, it was a different animal then because he was really work, originally working on it with someone else. Um, and unfortunately, that, that guy could, couldn't carry on with the project. And so he asked if I could take over. I kind of do it instead, but the guy would keep all these designs because his designs were amazing. They're very different to the designs I did, but he would keep the designs and we'd re- retool the story to fit what we wanted to do and so that I could contribute to it as well and, and kind of share share the story, you know, okay. um, and, and build it as a team instead of just being the guy that draws it. And that's sort of how like, it happened. I was like, because I, I remember seeing the original designs and, and the idea and I was like, oh man, this is so cool. I'm actually kind of sad that I'm not working on it. And somehow it just worked out that, uh, you know, that uh, the other guy couldn't work on it. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. Let me, let me do it. It's fine. And that's sort of how Stray happened and how me and Vito sort of became friends. Very cool. It seems like the, the moral of that story is uh, don't offer uh, payment is uh, exposure for, for payment to sort of build personal relationships and sort of, it's almost like a, um, like a weird, like courting phase. Like, can I, can I work with this person and just sort of building a relationship that way? Yeah. I mean, it is that, but like a lot of people don't realize that most people can see through the bullshit, you know, they can see that, Oh, this guy's trying to, he's trying to be friends because he wants something from me. You know, mm-hmm. like you can kind of tell when it's, when it's genuine and you're like, Oh wow. Like you, you click and, and and you can tell when someone doesn't want something from you and then you just kind of want to work with them because they you have the same interests or uh, the same mindset so like uh, you know i think Vito did want to work with me and stuff but we kind of became friends first like genuine friends and that probably helped the the creative process to sort of have that period where you guys were realizing how each other thinks, how each other works, as opposed to like day one, you're dropped with, you know, a script and you got to start, you got to start drawing. So that probably helped out a lot. No, it's true. And like, I, like I have a, I get a nervous twitch now when people say that they want me to do work for them. Uh, for exposure, I get like a twitch and I get so I get furious because I'm like, <laughs> because like people are like, no, no, you'll get exposure. And I'm like, dude, exposure is not going to feed my family. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I, uh, a few times when I've gone out to, to, to find an artist for a book, I, uh, I see like the post and it's, it's, uh, you know, uh, exposure for payment. And then like, you know, I'm pretty serious about it and I figured out a budget. And as soon as I, as soon as I post that job that says, you know, this, these, these are, this is a paying job. It's just sort of like everybody comes at you and they're like, you know, this person that's sort of hinting at these things and doesn't really have a concrete plan. Those sort of like, you know, they're, like I said, those are sort of like get ignored. But like, if you show that you're serious about it, you have a plan, you, you know, hopefully maybe you have like a budget to get started. That sort of, that sort of helps out a lot. No, I mean, I mean, a lot of people come to come to me for advice and that, and like, I just say to them, you know what, if you believe in your work, it might take, it might take a while. If you're not going to offer someone exposure and you need to offer them 
part ownership of it that they have True. stakes in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because because uh, comics take so so long and so much time, and that person could be spending that time making money for themselves. So they don't want to invest in something that they don't they don't believe in. Um, and so, like often, I'll say I'll tell like new creators as well. I'll say like, I'll be like, dudes, find do odd jobs, do some things, put money aside for a budget. And if there's an artist that you like, find out what their rates are, how much they charge, and be like, cool, I will pay you for per page to do this for me. And guaranteed you'll get tons of art. A lot of writers are like, no, I can't find an artist. And I'm like, so budgets, budgets are money. And I'm telling you, any artist will draw for money. You know, as long as you meet their standards. I mean, even me now, like I, I, I did a, an illustration for a little thing I'm going to put out uh, soon. And it's just like, a, it's just a cover for a little, little Dungeons and Dragon thing that I'm going to, uh, that me and this other friend of mine are doing. And I did the cover. Like I had a couple of days where I wasn't busy and I kind of did this, this picture. And um, like, I, I don't also don't want my art to look bad. Right. So I was like, just like okay, cool. but I don't have any time actually in my schedule to add color to it. So, I, I mean, I tweeted the other day. I said, listen, colorist, colorist buddies out there, like send me samples and your and your rates and stuff. And I had so, I, had, I think I had like 20 odd replies and DMs of people sending their samples, you know? And so when, as soon as you say, what, what are your rates? You will get people coming at you and being, okay, cool. Uh, this is what I, this is what I can do. This is, and so I kind of picked who I wanted and I even like, um, because I want my work to look really good and I believe in the person's skills, I kind of just was like, I, I added like an extra 20 bucks onto whatever their rate was because like I want them to know that I'm serious and I want to pay for good work. I'm very much one of those that like, I will get money and I will pay you just do what I need it, what I need done. You know what I mean? Um, cause I know what it's like to do. I mean, I, I worked, like I said, I did some storyboards and, Man, like doing some freelance like design work and when people pay you late or they can't, they come up with excuses why they can't pay you, it's the worst. So I'm just like, I never want to be one of those people. Like if something gets done for me, I want to pay and get it finished. So everybody knows that if they do something for me, they will get paid. It's how you create like reliability and mm -hmm. like that, that kind of trust, uh, especially between creators and stuff. Very cool. So um, how did you get... Uh how did you get your work uh, in front of anybody at, uh, at Marvel to get those gigs at Marvel? Um, I kind of, I actually can't remember. Like I ended up getting an email and this was like like years and years ago. This was, I think I started sending stuff like in, in I think it was, yeah, I think it was about 2010. Okay. Um, and like, I, I think I got, I can't remember. I think it was at the, at that time, the guy doing the, the portfolio reviews was, I think Bon, bon Ali Magno, he, he used to be there. Cause I mean, I, I sent stuff over, over years and like the talent coordinator over there kept on chat. Like I've been through, I think three talent guys. Okay. And so it, it's a, it was a long process. Like I didn't harm them. And I'd only send new stuff once I felt like I'd leveled up a little bit, you know, and I've, I've improved so that they don't see the same stuff from me all the time. And what was really cool was that I got really good advice. Like 
there was this thing I used to do where I'd, I'd zoom in really close on the characters because I didn't want to draw backgrounds and they call you out on it when, when you do that. Okay. So I'd send, I'd send samples and they'd be like, yeah, no, you need to zoom out more so we can see more of the environment and, um, you know, more of like what's going on and like try, we can see that you're avoiding drawing backgrounds, but you need to draw backgrounds. And I was like, ah, damn, <laughs> you know, and then, and then I would draw some stuff and they'd be like, that's cool. But like, this in this sequence peter parker looks like four different people like you need him to look like the same guy throughout the panels and i'd be like ah oh, man then i'd go and i'd work on faces over and over and over again but i'd, I'd i think it started off where i'd send like four pages then i get a reply and then within like two months i'd send four pages and then i get a reply and then i'd six months later i'd send four pages and then two years later i'd send another four pages and then three years later I'd another page. so it was kind of like that but it was kind of I did a couple of samples and then after their critiques, I, I went and I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go and make my own comic books because all these samples I can't, I can't use for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I can't publish them. They're just samples. So that's when I started working on comics with friends and stray and all that stuff. And I was like, let me work on those and like have something that I can put out there while I'm practicing to get better. You know? Um, and that sort of helped. And then eventually I had like, I had stray pages and I had Pathfinder pages and that was the like last set of samples that I ended up sending to Marvel. And they were like, okay, cool. Can you do these Gwenpool pages? And I'm not Gwenpool, uh, spider Gwen pages. And that was the last set of samples that I sent to them, which they approved and they liked and they kind of got me the job. Uh, that and the fact that like I'd worked with Jim Zub previously and he was recommending me pretty much around about the same time. It was all during like the same month where I was talking to Ricky Purden um, about uh, my new samples and uh, Jim Zub was recommending me as one of the guys to take over and help out in Thunderbolts. So like my name was getting passed around in different places around the offices and stuff. So I think that helped. So do you think a little bit of it had to do with uh, your persistence and your, 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 your taking those critiques and showing them that like, you know, that they said no background. So you went, and you, you fixed the aspect of, and then had backgrounds and then they, you know, the, then they pointed out a little bit of inconsistency with, with faces. So you, then you went back and you worked on that. So do you think there was a little bit of, you know, this guy's persistent and this guy is, is taking the feedback and he's, he's, he's going back and he's, he's making improvements. Do you think that, that helped you out there? No, definitely. Um, like, and that's the thing. It's not, it's not just, it's not just being talented, but it's just, being being receptive to input and to good critiques mm-hmm. that can like make you be better and just being someone that people want to work with. Um, I think like, I mean, I must've, I feel like I must've made an impression on Jim when we worked in Pathfinder together for him to recommend me. Otherwise I would have just been, you know, some, some rando that might've pissed him off or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's like, I always say to a lot of people asking for advice, I'm like, just don't be a dick on the internet. <laughs> Very like, true. You, you know, it's, 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 it's not a hard, it's not a difficult thing to understand, but it seems very difficult for people to grasp because a lot of people are, will be very precious about their artwork and like, you can't tell me what I'm doing wrong. You know, mm-hmm. they, they take offense to it. Okay. Granted, there are those people that are like, they don't give constructive criticism. They're just, they're also just dicks and being awful and saying, Oh, that's crap. And it's like, but why you're not helping me get better by just telling me that it's crap. Um, so I think just 
keeping that communication open. I mean, even like the, even the Gwen pool, the great spider Gwen pages that I did, um, as samples, like I didn't do them overnight. Like pretty much when Ricky asked me to do them, I had gotten a lot of storyboard work for like local advertising agencies and stuff like that. And I said like, listen, I've got a lot of paying work that I have to do. So I can't get to these right away. And he was like, that's cool. Just do your best and give it to me when you have time. And so I would do it. And it took me, I mean, for five pages, it took me probably about six months to get them, those five pages done and to him because I was just so busy with work. But like once a month, I would drop him an email and being like, hey, man, just letting you know, I haven't forgotten. I will get you these pages. I just want to touch base and let you know where I'm at. And they were, and he was like, oh, that's cool, man. No problem. You know, like it's a simple consideration. And I, and I do that with my editors as well. Like if it goes, if I'm, because sometimes when I work, I'll do like one page, like page, I'll work on pages sequentially. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll start on page one and draw page two, page three. But sometimes I'll be like, uh, you know what, I'm going to try and do an easier page today because, you know, I've had, I had to go and take the dog to the vet or something like that, you know, so I'll work on an easier page. Then I'll kind of pick and choose the sequences. And then sometimes I'll pick different panels on different pages. So I'll be working on four pages sort of at the same time. So I can't, they'll all be finished right about the same time. But, so I, but I won't have anything finished to show for a few days to my editors. Mm-hmm. And if I don't talk to them, through the course of a week, usually by the end of the week, I'll just be like, Hey guys, listen, um, this far through these pages, just letting you know, I'm still around and I'm, I'm, I'm hacking away at it and stuff. And I, they usually like really appreciate just because the editors are like super busy all the time. They're managing like 50 books a month or something. Okay. And I think it just, it, it just gives them like that little breath, like that little breather where like they don't have to chase after you to find out what's happening. Yeah. Um, Whereas it's, it's nothing for me to just send an email being, I'm still here. I'm not dead. Pages are getting done. Don't worry. You know? <laughs> and I think that helps me get a lot of, a lot of work. I mean, I'm not, I mean, uh, I'm no, I'm no Oliver Coipel or, you know, freaking uh, Greg Capello or anything like that. But I think I'm also just not, I, like, I do pretty good work and I deliver on time most like 95% of the time. Uh, but even if I, even if I can't deliver on time, I usually let my editors know like long in advance, like, listen guys, life got in the way. I'm struggling a little bit. Can I get a, get a hand? And then they can, they can usually make a plan to help a guy out. Yeah. And I think they appreciate that kind of work ethic. Yeah. I would guess the, like, it's what you said. They, they want to make sure that you're, you're, you're still there. You're still plugging away. And if there's something that they need to get out ahead of, they, they probably want to know before it's like, deadline time so i think like you said that it's probably really appreciated um so do you work uh the di- digital or uh traditional um i work digitally um so i got a cintiq and i work on clip studio paint um just because it's it's easier to do changes if there's any changes done okay. um also like i basically started working full digital the day my printer and my scanner both died on me they both died on me on the same day and i was on a deadline and i was just like i need to hack at these pages and i just i kind of just went full digital from then on um what i'm trying to do for future is i'm trying to see if i can create more of like a buffer so i can do at least covers or something traditionally because a lot of people are asking for like traditional and original artwork from me so i'm going to try and fit that in but i need to just up my speed and just be a bit more confident in my drawing before i can do that 
Yeah, so uh, you said that the, the transition was, was sort of due to necessity with, with equipment. Was there any sort, of, uh, uh, any sort of like learning curve that you needed to, to do when you went from, um, you know, drawing on paper to, to drawing on a tablet or oh, yeah, a Wacom? Yeah, there's a, like I, I, I didn't even have a, a Wacom at the time. I had like a little genius tablets like a tie like a small little thing it was like super cheap but it kind of got the job done and then i you know saved up and i bought a, a wacom and then i used that for a while and then i got the cintiq uh, i pretty much got the cintiq when i first started working for marvel so that was also like a, a big like learning curve drawing on a on a screen and um but now like like i think this past weekend as well i did some sketches some sketch covers and um like it's it's a really nice feel working on paper after working on a screen for a while, but yeah, it's a bit of a learning curve. And like you just need to have the patience to stick it out and and realize that you will get better. Because I think a lot of people get frustrated trying to change mediums, and then if it doesn't do exactly what they want to do right away, they get frustrated and they want to bail. Uh, um, I think it's just you just need to hack at it and just spend a little bit of time and give yourself some leeway to find that that rhythm, you know. Yeah. Um, do you ever, uh, I know that I do this sometimes, um, when, when I go back from drawing digitally for a while and I go back to a piece of paper, uh, do you ever, do you ever tap the, the undo key on a, on a piece of paper? <laughs> oh man, I was doing that all like all day yesterday. Like I'd, I would draw a line and then I'd reach to the side and I'd be like, wait, and it'd take a second for my brain to realize, oh wait, no, I can't, it's, it's there to stay. Like I can't do anything. And I'm like, uh, Damn it. <laughs> and it like haunts you for like a little while. You know, I definitely do that. Look for that uh, non-existent undo button. Yeah. I, uh, I was trying to help my daughter, uh, trying to teach her, you know, basically, you know, you got to build up the shapes. And I, I went to do like a figure and I didn't like what I did. So I, I went and I tapped the, because I draw on an iPad and I went and I tapped it with two fingers to undo it. She kind of gave me a look like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, I, that doesn't work here. So <laughs> it's so weird. And like everybody I know that go, that like kind of transitions and that's like, has that same problem. You just get so used to being like, but you know what the cool thing is I find is so like I'll draw for a couple of pages on, on the tablet and like the more I draw on it, the more I end up doing the undo button and like being like, ah, oh, I don't like that line and fixing it. But once I've drawn on paper for a little while and stuff, I get more confident. Then when I go back to the tablet, I'd use the undo button less for like a period of time until I get used to the idea that it's there. Oh, okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It's sort of a, uh, it's, uh, it's sort of like that double-edged sword you got to play between with like done, not perfect. Like, you know, that that's tempting to co redo that line, but you know, uh, you got to sort of figure out like to, to keep the flow going. So I, I, I can see what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that. That's how I feel. It's, 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 um, I get a bit more confident after I've drawn on paper for a while and I'm going to go back to digital. So you've worked with a, a number of, of writers at Marvel and not going into too many details. Um, uh, so are some of the scripts uh, more detailed uh, than, than others? And you, do you get, uh, you know, leeway every once in a while as far as like panel count, page design, anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I, like that thing is, I, I feel like really lucky. I've had, I've had like the, the whole spectrum. So like for, 
for Stray, Vito writes very tight scripts. Like very, mm. like he'll have uh, he'll have like YouTube links to certain things he wants in there, and lots of photos and like angled descriptions. Like, but because it's Stray, he's he kind of like unless there's something he's specifically that he wants, he 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 kind of knows that like if I want to change something up, I can. Um, but generally, he writes very full scripts. Um, then you have like Jim Zab, who's sort of like um, oh, half half. You know, um, there's a lot of detail, but not like an overabundant amount. Like there is, there is actual dialogue. Like these are the lines that he's going to use, um, and most scenes are like open ended with how you want how how you want to frame it. But mm-hmm. a lot of time, like. It's about a 50-50 where he'll be like, he'll specifically state how he wants to frame it and leave it open for you to frame. And then you got Dan Slott on Fantastic Four who writes like full-on Marvel style. So he doesn't, he doesn't tell you how to shoot the shots or anything. He gives like a loose dialogue um, and then he kind of adds it in afterwards or he'll say like, listen, just leave space in this frame because I'm going to flirt with a lot of stuff. Um, but he doesn't give like actual like full-on dialogue. Uh, and uh, like it'll be it'll be like a page like okay so in the in the issues with the whole fighting the thing he'd be like okay for these two pages the Hulk and the thing are fighting and the the thing the Hulk looks like he's winning but by the end of these two pages this is where they should be you know and then kind of leaves it open for me to play around and so like for those two issues it was really fun because I got to choreograph a lot of the fighting um, between the Hulk and the thing and so because. Like one of the things I, I like doing was finding out what fighting styles characters have, mm-hmm. um, and then try to incorporate that into the choreography. So I, I was watching my my because I go to boxing um, for exercise and stuff, and my coach was busy showing some guy some combination of punches and that because I you know, and so I, I kind of listened in while I was just like hitting like slowly just tapping the bag. Uh, which didn't move anyway when I was hitting it, so it's fine. <laughs> um, and I was just sort of listening to this, these combos that he was teaching other guys there, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to put that in my in the issue." So I kind of put some of those some of those maneuvers in there for the thing to do because the thing did boxing and wrestling, you know. Um, so yeah, that's sort of that's what is like. I've had you know very detailed scripts to something in the middle to like Marvel style scripts where it's very kind of loose and open. Um, I can't say which which is a favorite. Like they all kind of have their have their place because like sometimes, even as an artist, like sometimes you're like, oh wait, I see what you're trying to do, but I I'm, I can imagine a better way to frame this, and you kind of want to do that. But then there's other times where you're like your brain is just tired, you can't picture anything, and you just you just want some guidance. And having a little bit of guidance and being like, this is the shot that they want, you can be like, oh, okay, cool, I can I can do that, you know. So everything has their place and their time. So it sounds like you have a, a good combination of sort of all, all, all three of those sort of like really detailed, medium detailed, and, and like you said, that, that loose Marvel style. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm, very, I'm very lucky. Like I, I, I dig it sometimes. Yeah, like it's, it's, it makes things fun and interesting and it doesn't get boring, you know? So with doing a lot of different titles at Marvel, you've probably drawn a lot of characters. Is there a character that you haven't been able to draw yet that you would like to draw? Oh, for Marvel, there's a lot. There's a lot of characters I still want to get to. 
I haven't drawn, I mean, I've drawn an issue of Deadpool and I drew a couple of panels of X-Men in Avengers No Road Home, uh, like classic X-Men stuff. But I mean, I haven't drawn any X characters really. Um, I drew Spider Peter Parker, Spider-Man in one issue of Avengers Monsters Unleashed. Um, so I'd like to draw, I'd like to draw a run of Spidey. I mean, who, who doesn't, right? Um, but I mean, it's hard for me to narrow down. Like I want to do a Spidey run. I'd love to work on Daredevil for a while and Moon Knight and some of those darker characters. Um, cause like a lot of the stuff I've been drawing is like very heroic, like the champions and Avengers and now Fantastic Four is very like sci-fi oriented and stuff. But I'd like to crack at some of the darker characters just to kind of flex those muscles a little bit. Um, who else? Yeah, uh, I love Captain America. I, I want to draw more X Men, obviously. Um, yeah, I, like I've got a whole list. Even cool. even be great characters though, because that's the thing is like you kind of want to be when you're working at Marvel, you want to draw the big names like Spider Man and, mm-hmm. and Wolverine and all that. But you also kind of want to be the guy that takes those characters that nobody really cares about or those B-grade characters and make them into something cool. So everybody knows, like, I would love to draw, like, a Black Knight comic book. You know, oh, wow. make Black Knight cool again. Um, I, I'm a big fan of She-Hulk and Jessica Drew Spider-Woman. I'd love to, like, one, one, of, my, one, of, my, one of my must-do gigs is to work with Kelly, Kelly Thompson on either She-Hulk or Spider-Woman. You know, it's uh, unfortunately our stars haven't aligned, but I'd love to work on her with that stuff because like, she's one of my favorite writers actually as well. Um, Stingray, Stingray, the old the, that Avengers uh, hero that no, but also nobody really cares <laughs> Like he's he's basically Iron Man but underwater, and I'm like, I'd love to do a book with that guy and just like show people how cool he could be. You know, um, sounds cool. Yeah, man. I mean, I'd like to work on. Uh, I'd like like I'm I'm a big fan of uh, the New Warriors. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to, I'd love to relaunch new warriors or work on an Excalibur book, you know, um, but classic Excalibur, the new Excalibur looks freaking great with Marcus Toe and those guys, but I'd like to work on like the original captain Britain and maybe what he's up to with the old crew and stuff. Even off awesome. flight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, ga- I'm guessing, um, from earlier in the conversation, uh, on the other side of the, of the street, I guess they don't are not on the other side of the street anymore, but Nightwing <laughs> is still sort of the, uh, the the ultimate goal so so nightwing like it's, it's funny like it, it used to be nightwing used to be the goal mm-hmm. but like even Vito is very surprised when i say i don't miss i don't really need to draw a nightwing book um because stray sort of fills that need okay if that makes sense yeah it does but, but that's not to say there are a lot of other dc characters i'd love to draw at some point i'd love to draw a green arrow book um i'd love to like not nightwing but i'd love to do a robin book Okay. Um, it was also back in the '90s. One of my favorite comics I used to read was the um, Michael Ringo, and then later on it was Tom Grummet's The Robin Run. I think it was okay. Robin's Series Three. It was one of my favorite books, and I think like a Robin book, like it's there should be a Robin book. I know he's in he's in Batman books and he's in Teen Titans, and, but I think a Robin book would be great. And B grade characters like Hawk and Dove, mm-hmm. like to work on a book like that, or Ted Cord Blue Beetle. You know, Firestorm, like there's a, a list of characters there I could go on about as well. Um, but I think Marvel is keeping me playing with a lot of stuff and I've got to cross all those guys off my list as well. Very um, cool. But I'm like, and, and the thing is like, 
I never get like those people that are like you either Marvel Marvel person or a DC person, and I'm like, you know, like there's those there's those DC fans that just hate on Marvel all the time and refuse to read Marvel, and you've got the Marvel guys that also hate DC and just put them down all the time. And I'm like, I'm a comic guy. Like I yeah. love comics. I grew, I grew up with Superman just as much as I grew up with Spider Man, and I've wanted to draw all these characters that I grew up with. So like if I can if I can have a career where I can kind of work with everyone at some point, that would be awesome. Very cool. So um, with you being um, in South Africa, how difficult is it for you to, to get to, to the States to, to do conventions? Do you, do you make your plans like many months in advance? Are you looking at like, so, you know, as we close out 2019, are you looking at spring and summer here in the States and figuring out, you know, what shows you want to go to and, and stuff like that? Um, you know, getting to the States is super difficult. Um, like just cause plane tickets are so expensive and like, I'm not a big enough name for like cons to actually just be like, Hey, cool. We'll pay for your bill and pay for your accommodation and stuff like that. You know, it's just, so, I mean, I've been out of the, can. I've been to the States twice ever. Uh, okay. Once was in 2014 when I went to launch Stray mm-hmm. and then, um, this year to Baltimore, um, so like if I want to go overseas, I have to plan like long in advance, like just financially mm-hmm. to make sure it's like viable for me and then let everybody know that I can't work for like two weeks or so for 2020, um, I want to try, I want to try and get to New York Comic Con. Um, okay. and I want to definitely do, uh, Emerald City Comic Con as well. I want to go nice. to Seattle. So those, those two are on my like must do lists. Um, and then hopefully 2021, I'll just do San Diego because I need to also get there at some point just for the experience, you know? Yeah. But I can't, but I can't do more than like one, maybe two a year, if that. Yeah. I, I assume it's a, it's again, it's like you said, it's a big time commitment. It's also taking you away from, from the, the, you know, the table where you could be, you could be drawing and, and, and getting some pages in. Yeah, I know exactly. I hopefully I can get myself a, an iPad, then I can just freaking work and travel. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, so that's future problem. So do you uh, do you have anything you want to uh, you know cover before we we close out? I know that uh, I guess this Fantastic Four, the book you're currently uh, working on right now, that's that's hitting stands. Uh, yeah, I think issue sixteen came out recently. Um, it's been a really cool storyline with a whole lot of new characters that I got to design for it, which is great. Okay, um, cool. It's it's basically this like the Fantastic Four go to this go to this planet, and there's this other super team there that has been preparing for the Fantastic Four because they feel that the Fantastic Four are invaders and stuff. Um, and I got to design most of those characters, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, and I think that's still going to carry on for another couple of issues. So that's issue 16. Um, issue 17 should be coming out in a couple of weeks, I think. I don't know if it's about two weeks, maybe three. Okay. Um, and that issue 17, there were, like there was a bit of a, it was a bit of a crunch. Um, and so there's like a few artists on that issue. I drew about four pages. And the cool thing is I drew the pages with Ben Grimm in them. Like, okay. like two double page spreads with Ben Grimm, which is really cool. Where he's, he's with a bunch of monsters. Um, cause drawing monsters is always fun. Yes. Um, and I'm currently busy working on issue 18 is by Paco Medina, I think. 
And okay. I'm currently busy drawing issue, like literally while, while I'm busy talking to you in the podcast, I'm busy drawing issue 19. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So um, why don't you let people know where they can follow you online to see some of your art and keep up with like what projects you're working on? Um, so I'm on like the cool thing is I don't have any like weird aliases online. So if mm -hmm. anybody wants to find me, they just have to Google search Sean Isaacs and you'll find me on Twitter, Instagram and DeviantArt. I'm not on Facebook. Um, Vito does kind of curate a, like a fan page for me on Facebook though. Okay, cool. Um, so people can follow that as well. Um, but most of the time I'll post like pieces of art or I'll talk about whatever I'm working on, uh, usually on Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. Instagram is mostly pictures of my dog or me at the gym making sweat angels on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, those are the most, most, most places you'll find me at. Like it's just three sites, uh, deviant art. I, I, I visit periodically, but I don't post a lot of stuff on it because just posting pictures just takes like, it's a bit of a chore there at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's mostly Twitter and Instagram if you want to follow me. Cool. And um, for, on the show notes of this podcast, I'm going to link all of your social media. So anybody listening that wants to go check those out can just refer to, to the show notes. Uh, Sean, I want to thank you for, for being on. This was, this was really cool. Uh, normally, I, it seems that we tend to have a lot of writers. So it was good to get, uh, get the other side of the, the creative process and hear from, from an artist here. Oh, no problem, buddy. It was like, it was cool meeting you at, at Baltimore and stuff. And I was showing someone today, the, the black cat I, I drew for you as well. Yeah. I, uh, on it today. Yeah. When I, uh, when I put up my, when I put up my uh, art hall that, that either, either that evening or that day that I got back, like, uh, you know, there was, there was a couple of pictures there, but instantly like all of my messages that came back from my, my friends were like, who drew that black cat? And I was like, Oh, that was, that was Sean. So he, he, oh, that was cool. the one that like got everybody's attention right away. So it's definitely a beautiful piece. Uh, yeah. And no, I went to the, uh, the co local comic shop yet today and they, because <laughs> the shame they were very sweet. They phoned and they were like, did you arrive back safely? And I was like, oh, no, I'm back safely. And it's cool. So I went to go and see them. Um, and I, I showed them that piece and they were like, Oh, that's awesome. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking at it right now. Ah, awesome, dude. So, okay. Well, thanks again. Um, but like, like I said, I'm going to have links to all of Sean's uh, social media uh, in the show notes. Um, anybody who wants to give us a follow, we are on Twitter at ConstructComPod. We are on Instagram at ConstructingComicsPod and Facebook at ConstructingComics. Uh, there's a YouTube channel, the, the same name, where we sometimes do some of our more visually heavy uh, episodes and page breakdown artist spotlights um, and links for our stuff and Sean's stuff will be be there uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening and we'll be back with a, another episode very soon <laughs>